Prowler's Ends, Prowler'sEnds.com. I'm Adam Spiegelman with Adam Felber. Hello. It's a pleasure to be back on Proudly Resents. Fantastic. We just watched In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege Tale, directed by Uli Boll. The great Uli Boll. Uh, we have we done we've done at least one of his movies, haven't we? On Proudly Resents, I don't know. If we talk, we've talked about him, and I had on uh, Chris Spencer, who was in a couple of his movies, speaks very highly of him. Does he? Yeah, yeah. He said uh, he's no bullshit. But I did interview uh, Ray Liotta for something unrelated, and he said, "Oh, I just got back from doing this movie, and it was in the name of the king." And he's like, "This guy is terrible. Sometimes he do stuff for money; it's not even worth." He was just going crazy. That's uh, that came across in in his performance. In everyone's performance, uh, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, it stars Jason Statham as one of the first starring roles. It has uh, who's the the guy that overacts the whole movie? Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. It's a shaggy do. He played Shaggy. I mean, yeah. even Shaggy was low key compared to this. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Lily Sobieski. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of paychecks. Uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, plays Burt the Reynolds. King. Yeah, he's the king. He's the, he's the king character. that this is being done in the name of until <laughs> spoilers. Whoa. He's no longer king. And there's Not for a while. King. And then there's um there's uh, Gimli. Who's that? Uh, the guy from Indiana Jones, the guy who played Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, he's like uh, John Rhys Davis or something. He's also in Sliders. He's a guy who did a lot of. Uh, right now, my computer wants to know if I want to update my computer. Um. Probably wait, right? I would wait till we're done with this. Yeah, this is kind of rude. It's, kind of <laughs> yeah, like, it's almost like someone knocking on the door. Yeah. <laughs> Your own computer is interrupting you. So, uh, yeah, uh, John, what is it, John Reese? John Reese Davis, I think, is his name. He was also him. on the show Sliners. He seems to do, like, one big role or he, one small role in a bill. He plays film. smallish roles in big movies. He saves Indiana Jones' life multiple times. times. And uh, not only is he Gimli in Lord of the Rings, but he is the voice of Treebeard, the big walking tree and guy in lord of the rings in lord of the rings which is appropriate because this is a total ripoff of lord of the rings this is and Uwe star wars trying to demonstrate yeah well he loves star wars clearly but he's trying to demonstrate you know that that peter jackson did i can do the same thing for for one quarter of the money so what's the deal with uh Uwe Boll? you know what's the story behind his films Uwe Boll is a I, he's a german director and he he's the guy who makes movies largely based on video games now, he, there's some sort of tax loophole. The accusation that is out there is that there's some tax loophole in German law that allows him to make money whether his movies succeed or fail, but, like, make a lot of money. Yeah, like, this movie costs $60 million. Right. Uh, and it doesn't look it. And um, it doesn't – it made, like, $3 million in America. Right. Less than $3 million. And it, but it's because of some weird element in the German tax system, this cost Uwe nothing. Yeah, I don't get it. And then you can watch this and its sequel, on both on Netflix right now, until they realize it's there and they take it down. So this film is based on a video game, Dungeon Siege. Dungeon Siege. Yes. But for some reason it doesn't call it that, nor is it anything like the video game. It's more like you said, Lord of the Rings meets every Jason Statham movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, to say some nice things about it, there's interesting lighting at times. It's definitely professionally shot uh-huh. and... Um, the fights, while completely nonsensical, are well staged. They are nonsensical. They are well. St- they just don't stop, and you don't know where they start or stop. There's no yeah. climax. There's no, it's just a lot of fighting until somebody hits the main guy that's going to stop the battle for now. Yeah, and in fact, those fights kind of crystallize exactly what's ridiculous about Uwe Ball. Is that like hand to hand, moment to moment, good stuff. 
competently made. But when you look at the big picture and you start realizing, oh, that person just made an entire speech that makes no sense. <laughs> or, or what is the strategy of this battle? Or even where is this battle actually taking place? That's a big one. At and the who end are of- these people fighting this battle? <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of unanswered questions. The battle at the end of the movie takes place at night while during the day Jason Statham and Lily Subaleski are saving the day during the day. Yeah, but it's not really night. It's uh, day for shit. <laughs> it's a lot of trees. <laughs> no, remember uh, uh, the sorcerer Ray Liotta brings in the clouds and brings on the night. So the plot, I guess, loosely is that um, there's a king. King Burt Reynolds. King Burt Reynolds. And <laughs> also, these people are uniquely cast to not be appropriate for medieval-type stuff. They have the wrong voices for that. Because Ray Liotta's like, hey, I'm the king now. Yo, I'm the king and shit. Hey, I'm the king. And Burt Reynolds is doing an old Burt Reynolds impression. They're doing like an impression of an old and very drunk onset Burt Reynolds. Reputedly, but that or that's his. Is that what he's going for? And maybe that's his character. <laughs> In the name of the incredibly drunken king. You know, Burt Reynolds sounds like a guy doing a Burt Reynolds impression. Jason Statham has his own accent from whatever part he's from in England. Yeah, and then um, Lily is doing her weird kind of accent. She does. Uh huh. Matthew Lillard is just way eating up scenery, overacting. Yeah, can I lay the lay the plot down? You go ahead. Yeah, let me try to lay the plot down. There's two plot lines. One is in the halls of power. What's going on with with King King Bert Reynolds and and uh, his nephew Matthew Lillard, who's a quizzling little guy who wants to inherit the throne, and Ray Liotta, this evil mage who keeps sneaking into the castle and making time with the other mage's daughter, who's Jonathan Rhys Davis. So it's a castle intrigue. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, out in the bigger world, there's a farmer named Farmer, played by Jason Stratham. And he's he's bearing the brunt of this power play that's going on because there are creatures that are, don't call them orcs. They're not orcs. (laughs) They're Krugs. (laughs) He he couldn't get the right story. the right to work. So he invented Krugs, or maybe that's what they're called in this game. Maybe it's their shoes. Isn't yeah. it shoes people wear, like chefs I, wear? I think, I think it's a dig at Paul Krugman. <laughs> Fucking Krugman. Krugman's small, and the, the, these Krugs are small. What's it, who's Paul Krugman? He's a, he's a Princeton uh, economist. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what he's going for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's going for Paul Krugman. Yeah, you see him on MSNBC a lot. <laughs> so these Krugs are, like, going around raiding villages, and they're, you know, they used to be subhuman, but now they're just under human because they're being controlled by wizard Leota back in the castle. And we know there's something special about Farmer. Also, Farmer's wife gets kidnapped and his son gets killed by one of these Leota uh, avatars. His son getting killed was pretty... Uh, it's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. They don't... Like, like everything, they don't show the action. Like when they fall... A uh, hundred stories into the river, you don't see them actually hit the river. No, you just see them swimming later. Yeah, it's that's that's a that's an Uve trademark. I, I, I think I think his uh, his code word for that is "We didn't get it." We didn't get it. <laughs> Moving on. We'll figure it out. <laughs> People won't notice. There's always yeah. a thing like we we, we talked about um, zombie space Jesus. Yes, and it, they, he doesn't show anything happening, but he implies it. Because he can't afford it. Right. With Uwe, I get the sense that he tried everything and a lot of it didn't work. So they don't show the kid getting killed, thankfully, obviously. Well, yeah. But I, think, I think they probably had the technology for that. Yeah. <laughs> but you do see, you do see uh, Jason Stratham having to 
tie up that tiny little body and bury it. That's the sick part. He buries his son in a smaller bundle than the kid himself. Yes. Like, it's like, it's almost like a butcher, like two pounds of Chuck steak. <laughs> right. He buries lunch because he can't <laughs> find his son. <laughs> but in any case, there's something special about the farmer named Farmer. And, not, and oh, Ray Liotta can, can sense it. Yeah, I don't get, though, you know, they drop kind of the dialogue changes. Um, it starts out like really bad Shakespeare, like middle school kids doing Shakespeare. Yeah. You know how... And then it kind would, of like, in a Flowers for Algernon way, becomes like grade school kids doing Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like when kids don't know what Shakespeare, or you don't know what he's saying, you just know yeah. those words, and you memorize the words, and you say it back, and you wait for the other person to finish what they're saying, so you can say what you're supposed to say. And that's how the, the dialogue is until they get to the fight scenes, and then everybody knows what a fight scene is. Yes, and everybody know, and, and everybody quips at each other witlessly. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. There's lots of adventures that happen in this movie. None of them are particularly clear. And you know how they tell how, how they talk about certain p- filmmakers like Peter Jackson and, and in some ways George Lucas as storytellers, myth makers. They create a universe around them. Uwe Boll is the opposite of that, whatever the polar opposite is, because there will be these incarnations of interesting people and races that are introduced. But like a stupid storyteller, those people are never named or referred to or their race is never clarified. So you just, well, there's, they're going through this enchanted forest and these tree chicks start who can enchant vines and and are essentially the Cirque du Soleil start sliding around and swinging around and saying, get out of our forest. But do we ever learn who they are? There's no history. They're just, there's no name. They're just tree ladies. We meet them at least right afterwards. Ninjas come out of nowhere in a battle scene. We don't know the ninjas are the good guys. Has the the good sense to introduce themselves is what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying about the ninjas. Like we don't even know where they come from. Exactly. And, And fighting alongside our good guys is this band of ninjas who are clearly like, I'm going to guess trained Chinese opera acrobats. I mean, they look, they're they're a team of acrobats. Don't be racist. But I, I do appreciate the lollipop <laughs> guild for the being rude, not being rude, for being polite. They, they shake your hand. Yes. They say we are a member of the lollipop guild. Like who are a subset of Munchkin Incorporated who live here in this village. They, no, they, the, tree they people, the tree people, you never know. You know, a kid can't leave that movie saying, you know who, you know who I really like the best? The tree ladies. The tree lady with the fake breasts in the, mid- yeah, <laughs> in the Middle Ages. Because there are no... Uwe Boll has given us no words to color in his universe that he's giving us. Yeah, we really have no no idea. It was very heavy-handed in the beginning about how much Jason... They have to say... Everybody has to say how much Jason Statham loves his family. Yes. Like, it seems like his wife, his brother-in-law, who looks like Attican Skywalker... <laughs> like, wow, Farmer, you really love your family. You must really Even when love he's not your there, family. Yeah. They're like, you know, your father, Farmer, he loves his family. And the kid's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know. And then, and then, like, his father-in-law is talking to, to his daughter. He's like, you found a good husband. He loves you. He lives for the two of you. We get it. <laughs> In the beginning, we meet the whole family. We hear how much he loves them. And then his wife and son go to her parents' house, which will look exactly like Luke Skywalker's aunt and uncle's house in the beginning yeah. of Star Wars. They're essentially at Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's place. Like the, and the exact the, same thing happens to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. <laughs> but even their the house comes looks and like kills them. They, they, their house. Like, yeah. Yeah, then they, they get killed. And they're dressed like Attican Skywalker. They, the son looks a lot like Attican his outfit looks like it. You mean like Luke? No, like well, like um, in the later movies. Oh, young Anakin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, but the brother has that long hair. The brother-in-law has that long kind of yeah. hair. All you need is a couple braids. 
and uh, some sand people. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> no, sand people is right. Yeah, yeah, that's what they called them. All right, but at least somebody on screen says sand people. Oh, and, and names their history. names their mounts banthas. Oh, they say you got to be careful. These guys are going to, you know, steal yeah. you, and they know. Then when it happens, we know what's going on. Right. The grandmother, when she meets the son, she says, "She the grandson." She picks him up and she says, "I'm going to put you in the oven." And she and he goes, "No, don't put me in the oven." And then she goes on about how great it is once he's in the oven. Uh-huh. But I think if a German filmmaker should not put in lines about putting people in the oven. Yeah, you know that's I a just fair feel like point. It's not it's a an fair empty point. threat. You know. This <laughs> <laughs> just made it very kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. So they have these big battle scenes. It's the good guys versus guys in rubber suits. They all look like the the sea monsters. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Sigmunds. they're the Krugmans. The Krugmans who yeah. live next door. I grew up next to them. Their son and I were bar mitzvah a week they, apart. They turn out to be very bad. The Krugmans. What? Yes. <laughs> and so they're we, fighting the Krug, and the big battles that Ray Liotta is um, controlling. They're, they are massive set pieces in which we have no idea where anybody is going or trying to go. Well, that's kind of my point, is that he's controlling them from another, from his castle. Right. And it's almost like he's playing a video game. Right. But he's not very good at... But he's playing the bad guys, which is weird, because whenever you play a video game, you play the good guys. Right. But he's playing the Krugmans. Well, he's doing the Wicked Witch thing. You know, he's, he's oh, yeah. staring into his crystal ball. Actually, he's inhabiting the bodies of the of the King Krugmans. Yeah, the head Krugmans. The, the head Krugmans. Yeah, yeah. So that when they get Hyman killed, Krugman. they... Jaime Krugman. <laughs> well, Jaime to you. Jaime to me. Jaime yeah. Krugman. I don't know him that well. <laughs> oh, he's a great man. He's a good guy. The Krugmans. Um, Respectable accountant. Um, the, the Krugmans invade the house, and they find the kid uh, hiding in the closet. And this looked like... This is to be ridiculous. It looked like he was taking a shit. He's sitting there... Hunched oh, over, like, yeah, hey, close did. the door. Yeah, Privacy. it didn't look like that. Doesn't anyone knock? The poor kid. Yeah, yeah. Moments later, he's dead. So nice. The done. battle goes on forever. Like, is this real? T- is real time almost? Yeah, that this dungeon siege did. See- you know, there was there was almost no dungeon and very little siege. Not a lot of siege. You're right. No dungeon. There was, there was no siege because in order to have a siege, yeah, you have to have a, a director who's going to establish that there is a place. And there's an army outside that place laying siege. And we never really get that from, from Bull. You are really big on wanting to have an actual plot. Yeah. That's yeah. like... Well, it's fascinating that, that, that like, clearly there's a competitive element in Uwe that wants to go like, Oh, fighting in the rain in the two towers? I'll show you a battle in the rain on a hill. And he gives you uh, his version of the two towers battle in the rain on a hill. You think he just went through the script and was like, I'll take that, I'll take that? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's competitive. At the end of uh, Two Towers, he goes, I got an idea. (laughs) 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 And he ran out to his typewriter. Oh, yeah, you don't have to use every shot you use, you you get. I think think that everybody did one take. I think your conversation with Ray Liotta was telling Uh in that. I think Uwe makes you say it once, and then he says... Okay, I'm going to need you to do that very, very big. And then, then you know, you get this eye-rolling screaming from, from everybody. Well, that's Matthew. We can talk about Matthew Lillard. He's way over the top. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I saw, I heard him uh, on a podcast interview talking about how he's changed his life. How him and his wife got rid of all their stuff. Like, they're, they got rid of their fancy cars oh. and their fancy house. And they got a normal house and normal cars. Because he didn't want to do movies like this anymore. 
to pay the nut. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Did he name this one? Yeah. So everybody's talking shit about it. I mean, because Uwe gets these great casts, and then they all regret it. Well, it's all the money. The money's so good. Yeah. Because it's a $60 million film. I mean, and also Burt Reynolds gets to play the king. Yeah, he plays and, the king. And Jason Statham was one of his first starring roles. Uh, the Stath. The Stath. Was it one of his first? Yeah, he did Crank that year. and Oh, okay. So, yeah, his agent must have been working overtime. So he was up and coming. He was up and coming. He's not in the sequel. No, nobody's it, in the sequel. Yeah, I think Lillard was turned down the sequel. Yeah, I, I think anybody who was in the first one turned down the sequel. <laughs> I think I think there were Krugs who turned down the sequel. <laughs> they, they shot this one in, like, Romania or something, but the sequel, they look like they shot a strip, literally in a strip mall. Yeah, the sequel Pomona. does not look as though it is as lavishly produced as this. And I do want to say, if you want to see a lavishly produced piece of crap, this is the one to see. Exquisite shit. Yeah, it's the best looking of the of the bowl films. I think it's got it's got more star power. I mean, like he manages to get stars, but this this one is pretty much a well, yeah. This is a little fest. bit pre Statham Statham doing Statham. Yeah, I mean, he does a lot. He runs at one point during a battle scene, he does a jump kick, whatever, and then runs on top of the heads of the Krugs. I thought that was a good moment. Yeah, yeah, but why didn't he do that the whole time? Uh, because there's only so many times you can get wires. And oh. most of the wire work was being reserved for to, to hoist up Ray Liotta's somewhat bloated frame. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, Rio, Liotta is wearing like a leather muumu. It's so yeah. good, fellas. His shirt looks like it's a button-down shirt. It looks like, But it's because they're hiding everything. Well, I, I think he was just in, in sort of a bad cycle in terms of weight and appearance. And he... He decided to Elvis his way through this this movie. You know, what Elvis you legendarily got bigger and bigger collars, um, and and then you know because he was really self conscious about his neck. And if you look at, I think Leota only has two outfits in this movie, and both of them have high collars and some sort of somewhat um, surprisingly <laughs> delicate scarf around the neck too. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, it's, a, it's not even an ascot. It's just like a very... No, it's sort of a, it's sort of a scarf. <laughs> it's sort of a gauzy scarf. Um, and uh, his... I wrote I know don't be so melodramatic. I don't remember where that's from. Oh, when um, he's dying. So Ray yeah. Liotta is this great wizard, right? Yeah, great wizard. So the way he kills the king is he poisons his food. Yes. And Lillard, <laughs> who works with him, is... Enjoying that meal with the king. Because no one told him. They're no working together. Him, no one said, hey, don't eat the milk, drink the milk, it's sour. Right. So then Lillard is back down in the dungeons with, with Leota, and he's choking and dying. He's like, you idiot, you killed the king, but you killed me too. And he's poisoned, and he's really playing it up. Ham and cheese. And that's the moment where Ray Liotta says, don't be so melodramatic. <laughs> like, what? Are you telling me now? That was three scenes in. Honestly, the ship has sailed on that for all of you at this point. <laughs> and, but the, the news was given to Burt Reynolds by um, John, the guy from Indiana Jones. John Reese Davis. Who in... I think. He says your food's poisoned, but famously in Indiana Jones, he says, uh, bad date. Bad date. Yeah. Oh, gets- that's right. Oh, and, and the way, we don't even know at this point in the movie that, that, um, that Gimli is magical. Much, right? Who, John Lee. John Reese davis yeah. We don't know he's magical. No, he doesn't uh, use his powers, yeah. He has powers of some sort. But he walks into the room where Burt Reynolds is lying in bed, and he puts his head to his chest 
briefly and goes, the king's been poisoned. <laughs> that's, that's Obamacare. Really, yes, really, really shoddy diagnosis. Technique. He happened to be right that time, but he was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of. Like, there was really no way he could have told that. Hey, it's a medieval house. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh-huh. Really he short. Walks episodes. into the room and goes, "I smell cancer. <laughs> I smell it." <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't use his powers until the very end when he teleports his way. And it plot twist you never saw coming to fight Leota in a doorless room. Yeah, so he uses his powers to get in there, and uh, it's exactly like Obi Wan Kenobi fighting Darth Vader. Yes, they have swords instead of lifesavers, but it's exactly that kind of conflict. And he even says um, he, uh, Jonathan Reese Myers, whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> I'll look it up for us. Uh, <laughs> the guy from India, the good guy, says to Ray Leota, like we were friends, we were back in." Um, he said, we were together the last days of the Magi. Not the Jedi, but the Magi. Right, and that's when you learn that these magic people are not ma- not magicians or wizards or Jedi. They're Magi. And there's only two left. Right, and he's saying you went to the madness, not the darkness. Right. It's almost the same thing, right? It's almost the same thing. <laughs> it's John Reese Davies. Right, what did we've I been say? We've been calling him Davis or... Oh, well, people are now makes more sense. It's probably Riz Davies. He's got the fucking... Wig, like you never believe it. It looks like a lion's mane. John yeah, Reese Davis. Yeah, he's really wigged up. And then and Burt Reynolds, they gave him kind of an old wig, like an old lady wig, like a Carol Channing wig. Are there any other things about this film? I mean, it's great. Do you recommend it? I totally recommend it. There yeah. are so many moments of, of huge, just huge, preposterous overacting by people who are who are very qualified to be good actors, but are are just they're just despairing. They're out in the hills of... Where was the shot? I don't know. I thought it was like Romania. Or- they're, yeah, they're out in the hills of Romania. They know that... They, they realize that they're in the middle of a piece of shit because they see all the rubber masks and stuff. And they... But they, they don't... I'm not going to say they phone it in. I feel like Uwe has a talent for making people... Care? Not care. Just... <laughs> <laughs> not, no, 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 care, no, don't be silly. Care is far too extreme. Whoa, no, no, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. Not <laughs> he, care. Not care, no. He has a talent for making them perform. Mm-hmm. Not well, just big. He will make you do something big. He will make you do bigger and worse things than you thought yourself capable of. I think that's probably when you talk to Ray Liotta what he was thinking. Yeah, I mean, they get a bag of money and then he's like, I guess it's so big they actually have to give half a shit. Yeah. But there's not a script that they could give half a shit with, and there's no, there's nothing behind their character, so they're just being big for the sake of being big. Yeah. And even Burt Reynolds has a moment like that. Which one? Where he's supposed to yell. He's yelling at somebody. At his nephew? Yeah, I think he's yelling at Matthew Lillard. Yeah, he just seems tired. I don't even know if he's drunk. He's just like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm here. I can't. (laughs) All these people apparently are underwater in their mortgages. Yes. That's one thing we also learned. <laughs> it's like you don't have to drive around Hollywood. You just have to look at who's in the next Uwe Ball movie. I'm Tim Keedy. That's Misha Dare. Hi. And we're from the Surfing Aliens podcast. Misha, what do we do on the Surfing Aliens podcast? We interview new to us web series and see what they're about and we hopefully get you interested in them too. We interview a new web series creator each week and just check us out. We talk about a ton of stuff. Misha asks a different question every week. Misha, what are some questions you've asked in the past? 
I've asked what is the most awkward conversation you've ever had in your entire life and what have you been caught doing that you weren't supposed to be doing. Also, I usually get down and dirty and I'm like, which celebrity would you have sex with? Yeah, see, this is already getting fun. This could be a show right now, but it's not. It's a commercial. <laughs> so if you want to hear the rest of that awesomeness, check out surfingaliens.com. We're on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook. Just look for Surfing Aliens. Yep, and uh, you won't find another podcast that swears so much as us. Also talks about sex and boobs. So there you yeah, go. and we sign off with take off your shoes and yell yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah, that was patented. Surfing Aliens. So uh, is there a moral to the story? Um, yes. And it's, 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 it's unfair. Just like you were unfair to say that Germans shouldn't have joke about putting people in ovens. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, I shouldn't go for the easy stereotype of like some people are just inherently better. Wait, who's, who's inherently better? The son of the king. Here's the spoiler. Who does farmer turn out to be? Whoa, they, they don't, there's no way you know it's who the farmer is. They say farmer. Yeah. Who does he turn out to be? The king. What? Yeah, he's the king's son. I never saw and that. he's inherently better than everybody else. Yeah, There's even a speech there where Burt Reynolds is like, did you ever wonder why you're better than all the farmers? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a king. And then, you know, there's a certain amount of that to all these kind of movies. There's a certain amount of like, we are born better than you. Yeah, or it's supposed to be that you don't, like the last Starfighter, you're just some moron playing video games and it turns out you were supposed to be better. Right. So my life could be a lot better. But in The Last Starfighter, that's a guy who's working on his skills all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean... Because like, he's supposed to be The Last Starfighter. Right. Was there a sequel to The Last Starfighter? Because I feel like that's a jip. Because if you go to a movie because you think it's the last one... I don't think there was a... Okay, uh, I uh, off. After The Last Starfighter. I don't think there was. I think, I think the moral of the story... Yeah. Is you got to just put Ray Liotta in anything and just let him be Ray Liotta. I mean, if, we've well, never you been know, to Miller. We used to feel that way about Nick Cage, and then we stopped feeling that way. Well, Nick Cage <laughs> took advantage of it. Ray Liotta is still, <laughs> still working on our last nerve. Uh, no, I say, listen, we've never been to Middle Earth. Right. So maybe half the people have Cockney accents. The other ones have, um, right. you know, Italian, New York, Bronx accents. And, and other people just sound like they're from a bad Renaissance fair. Yeah. And maybe there's... Women with breast implants falling from trees. Maybe there's ninjas dressed like the uh, Green Hornet. You never know. You never know. It could be. It makes it even easier when it's in a world that is never named. And you don't even know where you are. Yeah. And you don't even know where you are. The the kingdom that they're fighting over is called something. It's it's called like some sort of like bodily sounding name. It's like the kingdom of Erg. Or Kingdom of Erg. Oh, Elb. you know, after... Or is it Elb? Is it Elb? Oh, it's Elb. Elb. Like Elbow. Elbow, yeah. It's... Um, hold on, I'm just gonna... That's the closest we get to, like, a place name besides, like, the, the farm where uh, Farmer was brought up. There's, um... The, uh... The king is poisoned. Yes. And so is Matthew Lillard. And Lillard gets the antidote... From Ray Liotta. And lives. Uh-huh. The king just lives. The king just lives. And they say... Because, it, because, because the, um... Gimli... Heals him with magic. Oh, I think Gimli... No, because he's at one point he says, well, I'm the king. That's right. He says, it's very, very hard to kill a king. <laughs> it's you know, very hard to kill a master like race. <laughs> <laughs> you might think you have to master race down, but you're a poor master king. 
<laughs> I'm the king. You better not kill the king. But so after that, I didn't see any antidote for the king. So I just assumed he has a bad stomach. So I think the rest of the movie, I just see him like farting. He's just shitting his armor the whole yeah, time. He's just like, oh, fur. He's riding the, the horses, giving him a look. He's blaming the horses. <laughs> the rest of the movie, it's like trigger. Constantly going, and get me a less flatulent horse again. Yeah. I don't know why I always get this one. Am I right, people? Oh, first horse that dealt it, smelt it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get the antidote. He's poisoned and... He then li- he's got to live another four more scenes, I guess. And he does. He lives until Matthew Lillard puts a puts an arrow in him. In in what I thought is a very funny scene. It's a great scene because he misses totally the first shot. He, he he misses like with three arrows, but not, doesn't like miss by a little bit. He misses so badly that nobody knows that anybody's shooting at the king. Yeah, no one. <laughs> no right. one notices. That's so how far off he is. And then he actually gets killed. He gets then shot. He, then, and then he, his like his fourth shot is right through the heart. Yeah, it goes through the around the. Um, uh, Chainmail. Yeah, good shot. Very accurate shot for somebody who really wasn't wasn't hitting the broadside of a barn. Oh, what? we haven't even mentioned. Speaking of a barn, there's a man whose barn burned down in the movie. Who's that? Another big name. Lost. Who plays Farmer's best friend? Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Now, yes, there's no good reason why a place not unlike Middle Earth wouldn't be populated by people like Ron Perlman. He's born for that role. Yes. Yeah. The role he was born. Rombro is always good, but he—I feel like he's a, he's a great actor and he's good and everything, but he looks unusual. So, and I think just because the first time I saw him was on Beauty and the Beast, that I just assume he only can get like unusual parts. He'll never play the accountant, and now he gets older, no. he still plays a tough guy, but he'll he'll never be like you know what I mean. He won't be the lawyer, no, because he just looks un- so unusual. No, he's like that guy who plays Machete. Danny Trejo's never yeah. going to be yeah. a lawyer. <laughs> He's the white Danny Trejo. They are Trejo. essentially like a, a, the worst pitch that you could ever make is like, Go ahead. here's a movie mm-hmm. about this team of lawyers and okay. it's Danny Trejo. Who do you got? Wait a second. <laughs> I got Danny Trejo. You can't get Tom Cruise? No. No, no but I also have Ron Perlman. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. They would have to be like... And they're like two young hotshot lawyers. <laughs> are they have superpowers? No. Are they, where do they live? Like olden times? Or, no, 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 uh, no, Mexi- no. No? Well, they, live, they, they live in... Um, Connecticut. What? Connecticut lawyers. (laughs) I now want to go out and pitch that. I I think it's great. Two of the weirdest looking dudes. Yeah. Does does the defense have counsel? Yeah, Your Honor. (laughs) Me, Ron Pullman. Co-counsel Danny Trejo. (laughs) And so it's like, uh, you're pitching it to somebody and they're like, so at what point do they get into fights? Yeah, right away or I'm out. They, no, no they, fights. There are no fights. No, no, no. no it's, a fight little, for it's, a li- it's a little piece about a woman who was wronged by a big corporation. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola is directing. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Hot Coffee. Hot Coffee? <laughs> yeah. Which one's named Coffee? Neither of them is what? named Coffee. This woman drank hot coffee that it's had no warning it. label on it. And that's what they're suing over? Yeah. The it's McDonald's the McDonald's case? Hot Coffee case. Yeah. This is, you're, you're telling me you're doing a movie about the McDonald's Hot Coffee case and you... Because Ron Perlman, Danny Trejo is the lawyers. As the partners who who together fight the McDonald's. Who is playing the female part, the woman who gets scorched by the coffee? Because we got Danny Trejo, and I just need some kind of balance here. Um, I mean, did you get... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lily Sobeski? Uh, no, we, we couldn't get Sobeski. But we have somebody better. You're better than Sobeski? Yes. 
It's um. <laughs> I got, who do we have? Well, Janet Reno got Janet decided Reno. that she was going to try acting, and I thought she would be great in this part. Very, very believable. Very strong bones too. Very, very strong right? bones. Very strong you Janet can believe Reno. she can hold a cup of coffee, uh-huh. but also complain about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this is her. I tried to stall long enough to give you a chance to think of a name. I, 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 you know, I was picturing her, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't bring her home. It was Angelica Houston. Oh, that's great. That's what I was trying to bring. You, you're stalling for me. <laughs> it's Angelica Houston is a young woman who drinks <laughs> hot coffee. She's another one, a great actress who you need an excuse why she's in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why? Is, she's never just a woman who's burned. We by have coffee. got to pitch hot coffee to these guys. Yeah, I think hot coffee's going to go. Yeah. All right, so look for hot coffee. I was adding a quick new feature, which is Say Something Nice. So we're, we're trashing this film, which we both recommend highly. Yeah, oh, very highly. And then, and then the sequel, real quick, is uh, Dolph Lundgren. So you can see the budget dropped. And then he goes from olden time, gets warped into modern day time, literally oh, yeah. to a dojo in a strip mall. So the budget is just way low, and he's being chased by lords throughout yeah, time. Yeah, I would, I would really recommend not seeing that sequel. Yeah, that wasn't fun. It, yeah, it's not, it's not among the... I mean, there are really, really fun Uwe Boll movies. There's In the Name of the King, a dungeon siege um, yeah. tale. Um, there's Blood Rain. Yeah. is a good time. I think Blood Rain 2 is a good time. If you want to see his comedies, you could do a lot worse than what he, what he really considers his masterpiece, which is Postal. Um, We've discussed that we didn't hate Postal. Well, we didn't hate Postal, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Postal was bizarre, but absolutely, you should see I it. I mean, because of the 9-11 joke in the beginning, you can't say you like the movie. You can never get close enough to Postal to say that you like it. But <laughs> but there, it's funny. It's funnier than a lot of other films. plenty, plenty to like about Postal. Uh, is another Willie Bowl film? House video, of Darkness? The, the, the House of the Dead. House of the Dead. I saw that. That... By the way, House of the Dead is a video game where you go into a house and you shoot zombies, It is right? House of the Dead, right? Is that yeah. what it's called? But the movie, they go to an island. Yeah, it doesn't take place in a house. <laughs> no, it takes place in an island. <laughs> and Postal, which has nothing to do with... It's, it's named after a video game where a guy goes Postal. Right. He, and that video game was also very controversial, obviously. And then um, and then he made it about 9-11 and other stuff. So he made it even one step over the line. Yeah, he was over. He, but you know, in fairness, for that comedy, he wanted to go over the line. He intended to go over the line. I think he succeeded yeah. in everything. I mean, if you want to see that type of film and be offended and laugh, uh, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. It's better than um, the underground movie or the underground movie too. The guy, you know, what I'm talking about? No, you know, what I'm talking about the ShamWow Vince. Vince, the guy, the ShamWow guy. All right, so Vince, the ShamWow guy, made a couple comedies. One called the Underground Comedy. And he made another one more recently, and they're just terrible, and they're just kind of gross-out scenes. Okay. So Uli Bull, like is better than Vince from ShamWow. Okay, well, that's that's um, that's good. You've said something nice now. I've said something nice. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see, see what else there is. There's, there's Alone in the Dark. That's a good Uwe Boll movie. Oh, yeah? Also based on a video game. Um, 2005. It's better than House of the Dead. Um, the great thing about Alone in the Dark is it really leaves you with a strong impression Absolutely nothing. That movie is like walking backwards and erasing its tracks as it goes. It's laughable moment followed by laughable moment, and when it's done, you have no idea what you've just seen. Is there a plot? That's why. It, it, it's so diffuse and weird. Uh-huh. Okay. So what, what do you do after you say something nice? Is there something else you recommend that also to see? Uh, I recommend The Fall, which you can see on Netflix. It's a uh, miniseries. 
a five episode uh, murder show, kind of like the killing with five episodes. It, it sounds like I'm in the middle of a five episode murder show here. Like somebody is screaming outside. Oh, there's a baby who decided to go right now. Is oh, it a baby okay. or is it Hank? It could be. Who's Hank? Hank is the guy next door who's just always causing trouble. Oh, really? I don't know. We just name it. <laughs> One time we heard it, somebody yelling. She's like, fuck you, Hank. So I feel like now the baby's crying. It's that of sounds Hank. like a baby. But Hank did it, right? Yeah, it's because of Hank. Yeah. Fucking Hank. But why is there a siren? Is there an ale? Should we be hiding under a desk? I, I don't know. Well, this could be the last proudly resents. Uh, and maybe should be. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone full circle. Thank you for listening to Proudly Resents. ProudlyResents.com. You can listen to older episodes. There's a great. And uh, check out all our shark movies. Go to our website and look for we have Shark Attack 3. Oh, really? Megalodon. Jaws 4. Deep Blue. Deep Blue. Was, it was, Deep Blue is good, right? It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, on a bad movie podcast, I shouldn't bring it up. But Deep Blue is a lot of fun. We're going to review or have reviewed, depending on when this airs, uh, Sharknado. We'll try to do a live Sharknado. Sharknado? Sharknado. It's a tornado with sharks in it. Is it really? Yeah. Who made that? Sci-fi. It's, oh, yeah? As of this week, it's going to air next Tremendous. week. Another great shark movie. I saw it in 3D. So they got swept up like in the Gulf where the tornado formed? You don't think too much, but yeah, somehow. Yeah. The, it's the, not technically tornadoes in it. Sharks, like tornado, enough said. So they really don't not enough said. Yeah, there's, so talk about no backstory. Yeah. They don't yeah. care. In the, era, in the post-snakes on a plane era, there's no such thing as enough said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this baby wants to be on the ship so fucking bad. <laughs> Uh, check out other shows at ProudlyResents.com. If you like the show, rate it. Tell people about it. Put it on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, that's it. Thanks, Thanks for having it. me, Adam. Thanks for ha- being had. Adam Felber, at Adam Felber on Twitter. And, of course, can be heard on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And his jokes heard on Real Time with Bill Maher. Thank you. That's a nice, precise. Yeah. Adam, we're we're out of time for this interview. Did you hit record? No. So we got none of that? No, no, I've been recording all of it. (laughs) All or none? How much do we have? All of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.